What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. My name, of course, as always, is Phoenix Hygis. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a fun episode planned out. We're going to be talking about three things in this episode, two of them kind of quick, one of them we're going to do a full segment on. So the things we're going to get into today, the NBA All-Star rosters are completely announced with all the reserves. We're going to be talking about some of the players that I think definitely deserve to be in there, some that were completely snubbed, and some that deserve to be taken out. We'll also be getting into the Pro Bowl skill showdown that happened just last night. We'll just briefly talk about uh, what was the most fun thing to watch, what was the most boring event, etc., etc. And the last thing I want to get into today is there's some sports that I want to talk about uh, that I don't really know very well. So, uh, So in today's episode, I want to be getting into the NHL hockey professional hockey I want to figure out what team I should root for I'm going to pick one team from each conference or as a division that's something I'm going to need to learn but I'm going to pick one team from each side and kind of root for those teams and get more into the sport so the first thing I want to get into the NBA all-star rosters were announced we already went over the starters we agreed that Andrew Wiggins did not deserve to start um, and very even, it's even questionable if he deserved to be in the All-Star game at all. But on the Eastern side, we have Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Fleet. On the Western side for the reserves, we have Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns. Now... When I'm looking through the reserves, there's nobody on the reserves list that doesn't deserve to be there. They all are playing at an all-star level. And before I get into who I think should be in there instead of other people, I I do want to give a quick shout-out. I'm really glad that they put Darius Garland in the NBA All-Star game. I talked about there was two Cleveland Cavaliers that deserved to be in, Garland and Jared Allen. And I said, I think one of them will get in. And I was kind of hoping that it was Garland. I just think um, the front court is a little harder of a place to get in just because there's one more position than getting in as a guard. So I said, I think Garland has the best chance, especially since he's just uh, atop some of the guard play in the uh, Eastern Conference. So getting into who I think should have gotten in there, First of all, the Western Conference reserves are completely correct. Um, I have absolutely no problem with the Western reserves. The two players that I think should have been considered, one, DeJounte Murray, um, definitely should have had some consideration, but looking at the guards that got picked for the reserves, I just don't see where he fits in there. I don't think he's better than Chris Paul. He's not playing better than Doncic or Mitchell so far this season. And of course, Devin Booker should have been the top vote getter of the reserve guards. Now, there is one player from the West that did not make it that I do think really deserved it, and he shouldn't make it over any of the reserves. But as I talked about before, and I won't get too much into him because we've already talked about him a lot, Brandon Ingram should have made it over Andrew Wiggins. And 
I know a lot of people may say I'm biased, but I'll always be honest when I'm being biased and unbiased. And I really am being unbiased here. When I looked at the stats and the comparisons, Andrew Wiggins is like middle of the pack, you know, in terms of the NBA stars. He's just middle of the pack in every single statistic. And then when I look at Brandon Ingram, I'm like, all right, so this is one of the primary scorers in the NBA. He's also the number one guy on his team. You know, they may not have the best record, but he is getting them wins, and he's being the reason that they're getting some of these wins. So when I'm really looking at it, I'm like, I see two players from the Golden State Warriors that are all-stars this season that are better than Wiggins. So I already know that he's not even the top guy on his team. And then when I look at his stats, I'm like, all right, then he's definitely not the one leading them to wins. That's obviously Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So it's not that big of a deal, but I do think Ingram should have gone over Wiggins. But outside of that, that's the only problem I have with the Western Conference. With the Eastern Conference, um, I think the reserves outside of maybe one was was pretty much all correct. Um, there's one player that just needed to be an all-star this season, and that's LaMelo Ball. Um, he's been talked about all on Twitter. He's one of the most trending hashtags right now because he was snubbed. Uh, I mean, when you look at the guy's stats, he's leading this Hornets team. They're not like the top of the conference, but they're most likely looking to be a playoff team this season. When I'm looking at it, like I said with Ingram, LaMelo is the top guy, and he even has better stats than Ingram. Now, when I'm looking over who who he should go over, he is a guard, so he has to go over either Garland, Harden, Levine, or Van Fleet. If you're asking me, I personally think he should go over Harden or Van Fleet uh, in terms of the guards. Um, Harden and Van Fleet had a kind of okay beginning of the season, and now they're just heating up, so they're kind of like the popular topic to where Lamelo started off really good, and it's just consistently been that. So he's kind of fallen off that whole, like, trending uh experience to whereas you know van fleet and a harden have really skyrocketed in terms of popularity lately now there is the scenario right now kevin durant uh is looking like he's not going to be able to play in the all-star game he's obviously going to be a captain still and pick the team so if you're asking me i think even though you're supposed to have a certain amount of front court and a certain amount of backcourt people I think you need to put LaMelo Ball in his place as an extra. But if they wanted to stay by the rules, I think you also have Jalen Brown and Jared Allen that can easily fit the spot in there. I see a lot of people think that Jalen Brown should be the guy there. I personally think it should be Jared Allen. Maybe a lot of people don't look at the All-Star game the same way that I do. But I think, obviously, you do need to put the stars in the All-Star game. But also, it should be a chance for these players that you don't expect to be great but are having top 30 players in the NBA seasons. Um, you know, Jared Allen is not a guy that we expected to be a, a top five center in the NBA this season, and he is. He's playing at an insane level. Same with Garland. I think that's a perfect example of, yeah, Garland's probably not the most popular. He's not the most blockbuster guard in the NBA right now. But he's playing at a level that we did not expect him to, so I think he should be rewarded for that. That's just my opinion on it. You know, we'll talk about it once the All-Star game has concluded. 
We'll talk about, obviously, the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest, and the game. But yeah, if you I, if you were asking me, my biggest snubs, two on the Western Conference would be Brandon Ingram and DeJounte Murray. And then the Eastern Conference, LaMelo Ball and Jared Allen, but with Jalen Brown being a close third. Now on to the NFL. Just last night, the NFL Pro Bowl Skills Showdown happened. I fortunately was able to watch all the highlights and kind of see what happened. Obviously, nobody takes it too seriously, but it is fun to watch, especially the dodgeball game. So I'm going to keep it real quick, but I am going to go over some of the events, what I thought was fun about them, what I thought was bad, and talk about my favorite event versus my least favorite event. So the first one that happened was the Precision Passing which takes one non-quarterback and one quarterback from each conference, and they kind of just throw at targets. This year, it was Mac Jones and Hunter Renfro from the AFC versus Russell Wilson and Justin Jefferson from the NFC. Obviously, the non-quarterbacks did not do as well as you would expect. Hunter Renfro ended with one point. Justin Jefferson ended with a big old goose egg. Mac Jones didn't have the worst performance. He had eight points, but... Russell Wilson scored 29 points. I don't know if he was taking this insanely seriously, if he thought maybe this would boost up his trade value uh, if he is traded during the offseason. But, man, it was just just the... I don't know if it was an experience thing, because he has been to the Pro Bowl much more than the three other players who I believe are all in their first Pro Bowl. Justin Jefferson might be in his second. But... Maybe it was an experience thing. Maybe he just took it too seriously. But I will say, watching his performance was extremely entertaining. Then we had the Fastest Man competition, which had Tyreek Hill, uh, obviously the fastest man in the NFL, Nick Chubb, Micah Parsons, and Trayvon Diggs. Now, the winner was Micah Parsons. It is fun to see him as the winner. Everyone who genuinely watched the highlights saw that Hill was obviously not trying um, maybe he just didn't really want to. Maybe he, he had the fear of getting hurt and didn't want to risk it. Um, Tyreek Hill, we all know, would have been the winner. But it, it was very fun to see Micah Parsons. He kind of trash-talked the whole competition the whole time he was going. Um, and it's kind of the first time I've seen Micah Parsons in an interview, and he seems like a very fun guy. He seems like kind of a personality that's needed in the NFL right now. The next competition was Thread the Needle, which kind of is more entertaining uh, than I thought it would be after seeing it for the second time. Uh, I saw it last year, and I kind of questioned if it was a competition that was really that good, but I had fun watching it this season. Uh, On the NFC side, we had Kirk Cousins going against Denzel Ward and Derwin James, and for anyone that doesn't know how the competition goes, a quarterback uh, sits in the pocket, and he has two boards of targets with points ranging from one to five obviously the fives being smaller than the fours and it goes down etc etc in front of those boards he has two cornerbacks on each side trying to intercept the ball if the cornerback does intercept the ball it is minus three points so in this competition as i said on the nfc side we had kirk cousins going against the afc denzel ward and derwin james And then on the AFC side, we had Mac Jones going against the NFC, Trayvon Diggs, and Darius Slay. 
in the competition, it seemed Kirk Cousins was uh, a little more cautious of the ball getting intercepted and just trying to get as many points away from the cornerbacks. He ended with 11 points, kind of just hitting a lot of threes. I think he did hit 1-5. Then when Mac Jones came up, it seemed like he had absolutely no fear of throwing right at the cornerbacks. He was throwing some absolute heat. He only ended with 12 points, but that was because one of his passes was intercepted by Trayvon Diggs, who also seemed to slightly get hurt on one of the plays because he ran into one of the targets. But I will say, um, Mac Jones kind of proved himself in this competition. I know it's something that's not taken too seriously, but genuinely, he was throwing some heat and they were accurate, um, especially at the end. He was just consistently throwing at this 1-3 target on Darius Slay, and Slay could just do nothing to stop it. The best catch competition, which seems like it is uh, most likely replacing the best hands competition, which would have a series of catches that wide receivers would have to make, this was more in a dunk contest type style where they would kind of plan out their best catches and the judges would score them uh, and create an average between three judges on a score range of 0 to 100. The contestants would then go on to be Stefan Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, the only cornerback to be performing in this uh, competition, Tyree Kill, and Justin Jefferson. Trayvon Diggs would go on to win this competition with an average score of 198.7 in his two rounds. It was actually extremely impressive to watch, you know, the creativity and catches here. Stefan Diggs went through a table to support his bills. Trayvon Diggs caught uh, a football between his legs. Tyreek Hill attempted to dunk uh, while catching a ball one-handed. And Jefferson, Justin Jefferson caught a ball with a ball uh, with another ball in his hand while doing a flip. Now, after watching this competition, it was much more entertaining than the best hands competition that's been played in previous years. But if this competition continues to be something that the NFL does during the Pro Bowl Skills Showdown, I hope that they kind of fix the judging a little bit. It felt like in the first round they were just kind of throwing out hundreds when the second round was just more entertaining than the first. So if you're asking me truly, I think that there needs to be some more talk about this competition. Obviously, it's all in fun. I think it should be challenged a little bit. Also, I know it's not very serious, as I've said before, but Justin Jefferson deserved to win this competition. That's all I got to say about that. And finally, we have the Epic Pro Bowl Dodgeball Showdown, which was between, obviously, the AFC and NFC. Usually, it comes down to the dodgeball game. Whoever wins, wins the competition. I will say, the dodgeball game has always just been super fun to me. There's always big controversy in it. They love to be competitive about it. It's the one competition where everybody seems to actually take it seriously, which is awesome. It ended between Justin Jefferson and Nick Chubb, both from each side. And Nick Chubb threw a bullet, and it was an amazing catch by Justin Jefferson. It, it seemed like it just kind of plopped into his hand. Um, but Justin Jefferson caught the ball and won the NFL Pro Bowl Skills Showdown for the NFC. He had an amazing day. Trayvon Diggs had an amazing day. And overall, it, it was fun. It wasn't my favorite Pro Bowl Skills Showdown, but it was extremely entertaining. Now, getting into my favorite competition from it, to just be super quick, as I said, the dodgeball is just the most fun to watch. It includes everybody that has competed so far. And... It's just entertaining. 
the least entertaining thing I watch, and it, it will be very surprising to most people. But I gotta say, I enjoyed the the fun in it, but in terms of something that I would want to watch, I really didn't enjoy watching the best catch competition. And I'm probably gonna catch some flack from that. But I don't know, it felt very tacky, it, it felt like it just wasn't organized very well. And, you know, I do want people to have fun. I want the players to have fun during this skill showdown. But also as a watcher, especially someone who may be paying to watch this, um, I, I would like a little bit of more organization. It kind of felt like I was watching a high school dunk competition, honestly. It's not a big deal to me, but definitely put some more tension to the competitions, I think. All right. So, getting into the main segment of this episode, we're going to be finding an NHL hockey team for me. So, the goal of this one is to take one side from the Eastern Conference and take one side from the Western Conference, pick one team from each, and those are the teams I will root for, try to get into them, and kind of figure out uh, hockey a little bit more. I know the general rules of hockey, I know how most of it works, but I want to understand who's good, who's bad, who should I be looking out for, and kind of the dates, uh, the actual dates that I should be looking for in the NHL. So I did put out a tweet yesterday talking about who I should root for in the NHL, and I got a couple of direct messages from friends, uh, people that listen to the podcast, and I think I've kind of narrowed uh, each conference down to three teams to root for. So I'm just going to kind of be looking into them and figuring out what who's their best player, uh, how are they doing right now, how are they built for the future. And I've kind of done a little research already. But getting into it, on the Eastern Conference side, I have narrowed it down to the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, the only one here that was suggested to me was the Maple Leafs. I picked the Blue Jackets because I'm from Cincinnati, and the closest city in terms of NHL teams is Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I picked the Penguins. I got a lot of suggestions for the Flyers, who are also in Pennsylvania. But I picked the Penguins because, if I'm just being honest, uh, the Penguins are my favorite animal. Uh, and that's the reason I picked them. And then when I came out of the standings, I saw they were third in their division. So maybe maybe it's a good pick, but I, I legit just picked them because penguins are my favorite animals. I'm kind of putting aside that they're from Pittsburgh, uh, which seems to be most of my rival teams, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Steelers, etc., etc. And then the final team I got suggested to me personally was the Toronto Maple Leafs who are also third in their division right now. So when I'm looking at the standings, the Maple Leafs out of the three teams have the best record at 29-10, and 10, the Penguins sit at 27-11, and the Blue Jackets sit at 20-22, and 22, so under 500. The Penguins seem to be on a bit of a losing streak with four straight losses, and the Maple Leafs have a five-game winning streak. So I'm wondering if the Maple Leafs are just hot right now, or if they're actually good and they're showing their potential. And I'm wondering if the Penguins are just cold right now, or if they're actually kind of slipping and and showing that they're actually bad. To whereas the Blue Jackets seem very consistent uh, in terms of being a flirting with 500 team. Now, after just 
briefly looking over some scores from the last few games. It seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, that Mitch Marner seems to be the best player from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Just looking at the last few games, uh, the last game that they had, he had two goals, two assists, four points, and then it says seven SOGs, which I need to figure out what that is. Um, Maybe I won't in this episode, but if anybody wants to inform me what an SOG is... Oh, you know what? I just figured out in my head. Shots on goal. So he had seven shots on goals. That's That seems pretty insane. From the Penguins, I actually do know who their best player is. It's one of the few players I know from hockey, and that is Sidney Crosby. I always hear that he's the best player in the NHL right now. Let me know if there are better players, but I always hear his name popping up, um, and he seems like he's kind of been the lead guy. Uh, from the last few games so far. So I'm assuming he's the best player on that team. Uh, and since I already know a little bit about him, maybe pretty exciting watching that. And then after seeing a few Blue Jackets stats, I saw Emil Bernstrom. Let me know if I pr- uh, pronounced that right. But he doesn't seem like he always gets the most goals, but he seems like he's kind of the lead vocal point, the guy that's getting the most shots on goal. I also see Patrick Lane. Now, this is stuff I'm definitely going to need to learn. When I research, I'll find out who the best player on each team is. But just from looking at some of the stats from the last few games, these are the guys that are kind of popping up. So then I also saw that uh, the Penguins, I think, are best built for the future. It kind of seems like the Blue Jackets are in this middle point where they don't really know where they want to go. It seems like the Maple Leafs are good, but they, they don't have this guy like Sidney Crosby they don't have this guy to build around I'm actually not sure how old Sidney Crosby is but it seems like the Penguins are in win now mode they have a guy that they want to build around and win a championship with I even think they won the Stanley Cup last year correct me if I'm wrong but I think they won announcement is official I am going to be a Pittsburgh Penguins fan in the Eastern Conference of the NHL And we'll get to talk about them a lot more as I learn and watch some more games. In the Western Conference, it's a little different for me. I think I already have my team picked that I'm going to go with. But I am just going to take some last looks at a few things. So the final three teams I have in the Western Conference is the Minnesota Wild, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, The Seattle Kraken, if you don't know, are very new just started I think last year or maybe even this season the reason I picked them is I'm a big fan of the city Seattle uh I really enjoy the name I think the Kraken is super awesome and it'll be kind of new to it kind of be a good start for me to see this team that's brand new and kind of see them build their team see how it is to build a championship possible roster uh from scratch The reason I went with the Wild is generally just because of the name. I have no attachment to them. Um, And same with the Ducks. And the more I think about it, I definitely don't want to root for a California team. And they are from Anaheim, so maybe it just comes down to the Wild and Kraken. I'm just going to focus on the Kraken here. I think that's the team I'm going to go with. Obviously, their best player now is most likely not going to be their best player in the future since they just started. But I always see, I, I have actually seen some news stories about Jared McCann. Jared McCain, let me know if I'm getting that right or wrong. But I'm going to go with Jared McCann. Just last game, it says that he had a goal, an assist, two points, uh, and three shots on goal. 
It doesn't seem like the Kraken are obviously their last in the division and possibly, I think, even last in the conference. So obviously it's not a team that's going to be good right now, but hopefully I kind of get to see them uh, go from the bottom to the top. And I'll kind of be able to say that I was a Kraken fan before it was cool. Kind of like I've been able to get to say being a Bengals fan for the past 15 years of my life. So it is set. I have my two teams to root for in the NHL, and I promise I am going to get more into this sport. Um, and hopefully in the next coming weeks, once the Super Bowl is passed, I'm going to start getting into soccer and pick my teams that I'm going to root for in the MLS. So my teams for the NHL will be the Seattle Kraken in the Western Conference and the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Eastern Conference. If you're asking me which one I'm leaning towards a little bit more, I'm going to root for the Penguins the most. That's if they were to ever meet in the Stanley Cup, I would root for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that is all the time we have for this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this. This is kind of going to be what it's more like uh, once the NFL playoffs are over. We're going to be talking about a lot more sports. We're going to have these longer episodes where we just have a lot more segments. So I really hope you guys did enjoy this. And if you did, please consider giving a follow or supporting this podcast. I hope you guys have a great weekend. And I will see you guys on Tuesday. And I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.